Welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And wow, wow, wow. What a game five. But just wow. Honestly, just wow. But before we get into all of that, as always, I'm Jerry Castillo and I'm joined by uh, I'm I'm Daniel Wayne. Um uh, as you listen to this episode, uh you're gonna hear me stick by my guns. That's what I'll say. Yeah, and before we get into you sticking to your guns, we want to be want to give a shout out to G. He's not joining us tonight. Uh, you know, shout out to you, G. We'll, we'll we miss you on this podcast, but yeah. So, going back to you sticking to your guns, D. What do you mean by that? Despite the unfortunate events that I, that have transpired tonight, um, Dylan, I know that you're listening. Um, I, uh, despite this tragic loss, I think the Suns, they're, if the Bucks can steal one on the road, I think the Suns have it in them to steal one on the road. So um, hashtag Suns in seven. I will say it to my existence. <laughs> I, I'm sticking to my playbook. I'm using the Lamar, uh, the LeVar Ball playbook. Suns in seven. I will say it into existence. Right. Well, why don't you just break down what happened in game five? Because... For me personally, when I saw what was happening in the first quarter of Game 5 between the Milwaukee Bucks and Phoenix Suns, it didn't look like an NBA Finals game because the the Suns were just playing out of their mind. I think they hit 83% of their their three-pointers in the first quarter. Granted, they took... 73% around that. 73% was the overall field goal percentage, but I think they went 5 of 6 from 3, and it was mm-hmm. just one of those moments where I was like, damn... This is it. This is the best that the Bucks can come up with. And you saw it. They were just coming out aggressive. And, you know, they had three turnovers and in the very early going of, you know, game five. And I think they had, what, five in all of game four? So coming out of the gates, the Bucks, like Dylan would say, it looks like they're just happy to be there, right? They didn't play with any sort of urgency. But then, you know, Apart from that, where you know the Suns outscored the friggin' Bucks by 15, everything just changed, right? I don't know what happened. I think, you know, shout out to Coach Bud for doing something to ignite his team because in that second quarter, they went on to go. The Bucks went on a 22 to five run to tie the game, 42 42 after being down six, 16, yeah. And this happened while Booker and Giannis was on the bench. We're on the bench, so. Was there anything you saw in in the second quarter that kind of shifted the momentum between the Sucks and the Su- the Suns and the Bucks? Because for me, I think it was just you know they started playing more free, right? They didn't stick to any just one guy, Giannis dominating the ball. They were like, okay, let's spread it out. You saw Pat Connaughton hit some shots. You saw Bobby Portis getting into it. You saw Drew Holiday becoming more of a factor, which if I remember correctly, you said he was a non-factor. So this game was a was kind of a coming out for him. But yeah, anything you saw in that second quarter? Uh, first off, I want to get this away. I know I called Drew Holiday a non-factor last game. I want to make an apology tonight. Drew Holiday came out and he showed up. Uh, he was a great contributing factor why the Bucks won tonight. Uh, now back to what you said, what you asked me, uh, Jared. Um, what essentially happened was uh, Phoenix made a you know a a normal stupid move made by like commonly young by by young teams 
uh, they literally let Milwaukee back into the game. They, mm-hmm. they, what happened was they let the, they, they got too cocky. They let, they relaxed their, they let down their guard and Milwaukee um, took advantage. The, they're, the, they're still the more experienced team here. So Milwaukee took advantage and the, and by the second quarters and Milwaukee was, was um, back in the lead, which should not have happened. Um, what happened tonight was, uh, uh, was that essentially Phoenix peaked too early. Um, mm-hmm. And then they got taken advantage by a much more experienced squad and a much more experienced leader in Giannis onto the Kumpo. Yeah, Chris Paul, and- Chris Paul, what, I mean, he, okay, let me take that back. He is technically more experienced than Giannis, obviously, but Chris Paul could only do so much. Yeah, and for a lot of this game, he didn't really do much, Chris Paul, because he, I think most of his, most of his kind of like, uh, let me rephrase that. He scored 10 points in the fourth quarter, right? Leading up to that, he ended up, he ended up the game with 21 and 11. So in the first three quarters, he only had 11 points. And I saw on Twitter, people were saying, oh, it's Chris Paul again. It's the regular Chris Paul, the dude who's just cowering when it comes time for this big, for these big playoff moments. And I don't know if that's fair to say, considering Chris Paul's history, there is some merit to it, but I don't know if it's fair, all things considered, but you mentioned it. The Phoenix Suns just really looked experienced instead of, you know, stepping on your jugular and ending the game there in the second quarter, maybe going up by 20 or 30. They were like, you know what, let's ease off a little bit somehow. Let's just relax and it wasn't helpful because at the end of the day, you know, Drew Holiday went off for 14 points in the second quarter. That's tied his career high or career playoff high for any quarter that he's ever scored that much. So obviously that it, that plays a part. And you saw Giannis too. He was laboring in that second quarter. He just looked gassed. I don't know what is going on with him, but he has these moments where he just seems so gassed. And I don't know. I Is that a cause for concern? I'm going to be real with you, Jared. There's definitely something going on behind the scenes. We don't know what it is. Um, mm-hmm. I guess could be he could be suffering from a, like a not a severe injury because obviously he's like if he was suffering from a severe injury, he will be like off the court. But there's something much something minor but bothersome going on that's causing him to have essentially fatigue issues. He he's he's lacking the energy like he's normally like we're normally used to when we're watching him. So something definitely off, but. This 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 goes again to Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is stepping up. Um, he's proving me wrong. He's being cons- he's following up his you know stellar performance after stellar performance. He's finally clipping stellar performances together, and that's why these Bucks team this Bucks team is pulling off these results. Yeah, and you mentioned Drew Holiday a little bit earlier. He ended up with twenty seven points, thirteen assists, and three steals, and. Two of them were very, very timely because they were late in game, right? You saw that, you know, one of the times, and this is going to sound like deja vu for some people, but one of the times Devin Booker was driving and Drew Holiday just stripped him cleanly and then brought the ball up, waited, and then drilled a three in his face. And then in the waning moments of the game, same thing kind of happened. Drew or Drew was playing perfect defense on Devin Booker, stripped him from the ball, gave it up to Giannis, who then completed the alley-oop and got fouled by Chris Paul. So, you know, this the second quarter has Drew Holiday, and actually by this by extension, the entire game has Drew Holiday's fingerprints all over it. 
we focus on Giannis because, of course, he's the big name. We focus on Middleton because he's obviously one of the bigger names. But we also need to focus on Drew Holiday for the work that he's done so far. I mean, yeah, he has clunkers. He went 4 of 20 last game. But this game shows that when he's on, there's no one that can stop him. Well, yeah. I mean, I have my gripes with Drew Holiday. Um, I still feel like his impact sometimes is non-present, and he he feels like a a missing factor on the court. But I I have to give where credit is due. Drew Holiday did the dirty work in this game. Uh, In my opinion, um, he is the MVP of this game because of the stuff he did like like that that wasn't related to scoring. Um he was the reason why this Bucks team won won tonight. And he of course I think he was I don't know it he was, you know, he was the main cause of why that Giannis Aliyup happened. Yeah, because he he stripped Booker and then he just tossed it up and that was basically it. That was game. Chris Paul mm-hmm. did a thing that you wouldn't think that Chris Paul would do. He would foul he fouled Giannis in the act of shooting. And it was a it was a layup or it was an alley oop. So that's not necessarily the best thing to do if you're Chris Paul. So I don't really know. I mean, the second quarter was when everything really started to switch. And even in the third quarter, you saw that it, there was a massive twenty seven point turnaround from the start of the game to the third quarter because at at some point or at one point the Bucks went up ten, and it was just this weird kind of like state for for the Suns because they had such a grasp on the game and now they're down 10 in the third quarter if you're Monty Williams what what do you think is going through his mind when he's telling his guys okay second quarter we're down 64 61 third quarter let's come out strong let's let's be productive let's do what we can and then you find yourself down after being up by 16 down 10 after being up by 16 you know, what do you tell your guys if you're Monty Williams? I mean, I think the biggest problem going from watching this game was the Suns offensively played extremely well. Both teams played extremely well tonight. Both teams shot lights off from the field. But what Phoenix couldn't do was get stops. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm Monty Williams, like, guys, we got to bring up the defensive like intensity because these guys, they're not missing right now. And we, we kind of know that Milwaukee is not the best shooting team in the world. So like like they should not be making this, this like these many shots and these many easy like buckets like DeAndre like you've been great all postseason long like like come on it's this is a crucial game five because whoever wins this game could in fact there's a big chance now that Milwaukee could indeed win this series even though I don't think it, that's that's gonna happen but Milwaukee could definitely win this win this series in a couple nights away so um but there's also one thing I have to say. I know I've kind of said like, you know, Chris Paul, like he can't shoulder everything, but he's, if I'm on ones, I'm going to have to call Chris Paul out because for the first three quarters tonight, Chris Paul was literally non-existent, non-existent, mm-hmm. existent, except maybe on the bench, giving, you know, advice to, to the, to the young players around him. No, Chris Paul, you got to produce, you got to contribute. It felt at times, even though DeAndre Ayton finished with 20 points, the Devin Booker was all alone. He was running everything. Um, and we kind of know this is as a young team, like you kind of need that veteran experience to really step up and, and guide them. And Chris Paul at times tonight, it, it wasn't until the fourth quarter that Chris Paul kind of re- finally stepped back into his old position. He kind of had all regular season. So, I mean, Chris Paul, he, you gotta be, you gotta be the way you are for all four quarters, not just the fourth. Yeah. And just to 
just to kind of like touch on a few points you made there. So regarding the series, I think it was 77, 73, 77 or 80% of teams that win game five end up winning the series. Obviously there are some teams that buck that trend, no pun intended, like the 2016 Warriors, but that's not 2010 Lakers. Yeah. Well, I mean, they won that series. Yeah. I mean, like, but we a lot Lakers lost game five, but I, I digress. Right. And you talk about Monty Williams, right? And just the the Suns have to get stops. When I was listening to the, uh, you know, the the third in between the third and fourth quarter, they have those coaches interviews on ESPN. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. literally what he said to to the reporter. I forgot her name. I'm, Absolutely, I, I heard that as well. He, he was like, you know what? We need to get stops. We need to get consecutive stops starting Absolutely. from the second quarter. We need to get consecutive stops, and that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, like Milwaukee, like it was kind of amazing how many easy buckets Giannis was getting off this Phoenix Suns defense who has been, who have been playing great all like all playoffs. And all of a sudden, like they just can't, they just can't play defense in the low post anymore. It was, it was very strange. It was very strange. That's what, that's the difference that separated Milwaukee and Phoenix tonight. Milwaukee played aggressive defense all four quarters through, maybe except through some parts of the first and, but Phoenix just, could never bring it up. They just could never get to Milwaukee's level. And that's why we're uh, the Suns are sitting with the result right now. Yeah, and, you know, credit to... You have to give credit to Milwaukee for being able to kind of make this difficult, at least on the defensive end, for the Suns because they the Suns just seem confused. Whenever, whenever they have an, an action, right, and Giannis is bringing up the ball or Chris Middleton is bringing up the ball, whatever... They just do. They just run a few screens, and the Suns seemed confused because it seemed like in in the second half, Giannis could get whatever he wanted, and that's not a recipe for success, obviously. But that's changed something up. I don't know what it is because Jay Crowder, whoever's guarding Giannis, obviously can't stay in front of him, but they can make it a much more difficult time because Giannis is. We all know Giannis is a beast, but. He dropped 32 again tonight. Chris Middleton had 29, and like we said, Drew Holiday had 27. But you can't have Giannis dropping 32. Yeah, you can stop him. Maybe have him. Maybe let him have 20, 24 points. I don't even know if that's enough to stop the Bucks at this point because they're just rolling. It sucks. If you're if you're a Suns fan, I feel really bad for you because it just seems like it's running. The Suns are running out of time to get anything going. Because Chris Paul has just not looked like himself. He's looked horrendous, if I do say so. I don't know anything about, you know, NBA basketball or like be playing in the NBA, but the momentum is all with Milwaukee now. I hate to say that, Daniel, but that's just how it is. Look, this series is either going to go two ways, in, in, in my opinion. I mean, I kind of mentioned this before. It's, it's either going to go to the 2010 finals where, like, Phoenix finally wakes up and wins the next two games, um, which I'm going to have to say through my, you know, through logic that um, Phoenix is the much more balanced team, and I think Phoenix will eventually figure this out. Uh, I think they're they're going to steal one on the road in Milwaukee. They almost got it in game four, so that's why I, I really feel Phoenix has to steal one road game here. and Or this is going to go to two... Uh, the 2006 finals with Miami and 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 Dallas, where Miami completely took momentum and won the next four games. So it it's it's up. It's completely 
up to Phoenix and Chris Paul to Imani Williams to figure like, you know, whether you want to win a championship or not, because it go time is now go time is now. Yeah. And to the sun's credit, they almost won this game. Yes. Even, even as poorly as they played in the second, third, and partially in the fourth quarter, as poorly as they've played, they almost won this game because they, the Suns went on a 12-3 run to cut the lead to 1, 121-19, with just under a minute left. Again, we talk about the Booker, you know, the Booker strip by Drew, and then the the alley-oop attempt by Giannis. I think that's what kind of sealed the game because even though Giannis missed that shot horribly, Chris Middleton got the rebound. And even then, it was kind of like, okay, the Suns, even though they're down four, they still have a, sh- a chance to win this. But they, with their final attempt, they had nothing going on. So, um, I think I have to say this: the the biggest mistake Devin Booker had on that last possession was trying to drive into the paint. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker should have just shot the ball right there. Um, the it was obvious, in my opinion, that the paint was going to be difficult to get into. It was quite crowded, and you had a little space between between drew and devin that like look devin it's it's not gonna be the easiest shots shot in the world but you you got to take your chance right there when, when you have that little space take advantage of it right now because you, you don't know what's gonna happen and i guess he took the rest and voila he made devin booker made a fatal error there so if you were if you were monty williams right would you have drawn a play to give booker a three or would you have wanted him to drive in hoping to get a foul so that he can get to the line, get two free throws, and then just play the foul game. If I was Monty Williams, I would not have taken the three because, because you know, you're only down by two. It's not necessary. Go for the two. It's easier, obviously. But I would not have played the foul game. Um, I would I, I would still would have, like, directed Devin Booker, take a shot, but make sure it's a two. That's hmm. what I would have told Booker. Because, you know, Booker's our best shooter. You, you're going to need to take a shot, but you don't necessarily need to play the foul game either. Right. And that's that's a really tough thing to do because Booker had 40 points in this game. He didn't really do much apart from getting 40, but, you know, that's... I don't. I really don't want to pick on Devin Booker because he tried, but I feel like a lot of, a lot of the possessions that the Suns had in this game... And it goes back to Dylan's point about hero ball was just hero ball. Like Devin Booker had a lot of opportunities where he just, there were, there was, there wasn't a lot of ball movement and it was just, okay, swing it once, give it to Devin Booker, move out of the way, see what happens. And that's not conducive, at least in today's day and age, that's not conducive to winning. And we've seen this with Booker before he puts up these gaudy scoring numbers, but you know, the team doesn't win. So I posit the question to you. Do you think that Devin Booker needs to engage, involve his teammates more? Because he only had three assists this game. So do you think he needs to involve his teammates more? Or do you think he needs to shoot more? Um, I kind of kind of really, really was hoping this question was going to be asked. I think we've seen it in the last two games. The, 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 big, uh, you know, the big thing we're seeing is during some points, in the last two games, Chris he, Devin Booker would engage in these one-on-one battles with Chris Middleton, which is essentially what Dylan was saying. He was Devin Booker has been engaging hero ball for for these duration of the of, of these last two affairs. Except it's He's the for, other way around with Drew yeah. Holiday. Yeah. Um, Devin Booker needs to needs to realize 
like, hold on a second. Like, we're not playing one-on-one pickup basketball. We're playing, like, we're actually playing a real NBA game, and basketball is a team sport. Devin Booker has to absolutely wake up and realize, hey, there's, there's other guys around you. And you can't exactly do this on your own because if you're doing this on on your own, you're going to cost the game for for your, for the rest of your teammates. So he's got to get DeAndre Ayton involved. He's got to get Mikel and you know Cameron Payne because like when he goes on these you know hero ball spurts, like it's you're you're forcing the other team your other teammates around you to not get involved of the game, and that's that's not a good thing. Yeah, and going off of that point, the Bucks. They only had one, two, three, four players score in double figures. The Suns had all five starters score in, in double figures, led by Booker's 40. This is, if I were to answer the question myself, this is a very difficult question to answer because Booker, we know he can get his. He can get 40 whenever he wants to very, very easily. The thing is, will he, if he dishes it off and gets the other players involved, will they actually be able to contribute? Will they actually be able to hit? Because campaign hit three of seven Corey craig hit one of four cam johnson hit two of three okay fine jay crowder had four of seven mikhail bridges five of six deandre eaton seven of 12 chris paul nine of 15 like what else can you do if you're devon booker like i'm looking at my squad right now and i'm like freak dude like there is like what else can i do right because this is a difficult conundrum if you're if you're devon booker and the Suns. But then again, that kind of reminds me of my previous point of Chris Paul's involvement. I mean, we yeah. kind of know we kind of know Devin Booker is kind of the ISO uh, ISO scorer type. He's not the distribution type. We kind of learned it in the, early in his career. He's not really mm-hmm. a point guard. He's not really a one. He's a two. So I mean, like this kind of reminds me, like reinforces my idea even more that Chris Paul, like you got you got to help your other guys around you. Be the distributor. You're the one after all. Um, I mean, like. I mean, this is a young team, and young teams. I hate to, I hate to keep reiterating this idea, but young teams rely on their experienced veteran leaders. And Chris Paul's not, unfortunately, he's not stepping up to the plate right now. Yeah, and I think that's the main thing with Chris Paul, right? We saw it in game. What was it? Game six of the Clippers series. He just completely took over. Games mm-hmm. one and two, we saw we saw him take over. Games three, four, five, five by extension, but. Games three and four, he was just non-existent. He would he didn't make a big of an impact as you would expect. Game five, the impact came late. So, if you're Monty Williams, you like you mentioned earlier, you have to talk to Chris Paul and say, "Hey, you need to do something." These dudes, you're 36, you're the point god. These dudes look up to you. These guys respect you. You need to put an imprint on the game earlier, not later. Because if it's later, it's probably too late. And as we saw here, it was too late. If he would have exactly, if he would have just been a little bit more, if he put his stamp on the game a little bit earlier, I feel like this would be a much different outcome. Especially the Suns would have won, in my opinion. The Suns would have won. That's yeah, what me happened. too. Me too. In the second quarter, if if CP3 had just put a little bit more pizzazz or put a stamp on his on the game more, this game would have been over in the second quarter. But it didn't. And here we are now with the Bucks one game away from winning the, the NBA championship and the Suns looking like, what do we do? They're searching for answers. So I don't think those personally, I don't think those answers are, are going to come. I think that this Cinderella run by the Suns has come to an end. 
And, you know, I said the Suns, last episode, I said the Suns in seven, or no, the Bucks in seven, excuse me. And unless something drastic happens, I really don't think the Suns can pull out another win, especially if it's in, especially if it's in Milwaukee, because it's just a tough place to play. Even if it's, even though it's a small market team, it's just a tough place to play. At least that's um, what I feel. Indeed, I think it is going to be game. Um, game six is going to be a rough place for Phoenix to play. I think Milwaukee's. We, we, I mean, we've been seeing the the footage of you know the fans outside the outside the arena. Um, right. They're going to come into a very hostile place. Um, you know, next game. But I just feel I, at the end of it, I just feel Phoenix is the much still the much more balanced team here, and I still I can't help but still trust the veteran presence of Chris Paul and Monty Williams to figure this out. Monty Williams is the is by far the superior coach to to Coach B. Coach B. Coach B. Looks honestly, it's this is I'm gonna get slammed by Buck fan by Bucks fans, but Coach B. Looks amateurish in comparison to Monty Williams. Like Coach B. Should not even be here. The Bucks should have been eliminated two rounds ago. Yeah. So, so I, even though the momentum is still on Milwaukee's side, I just can't shake the feeling that Phoenix is eventually gonna is gonna figure this out, and they're gonna figure it out very fast. Okay, and you know, before we wrap things up here, so you said Phoenix needs to figure it out. Where, well, I posit the question to you then: what What do the Phoenix Suns have to do to win these next two games? Chris Paul has since has simply got to get more involved, and Devin Booker has got to be reminded that, that basketball is a team game. Um, I think the supporting cast, even though they lost tonight, they act, in my opinion, they still performed well. There are some parts where they went totally cold in terms of shooting, but other than that, they event they found a way to snap out of it and they went back to their usual selves. I just think this Suns team hasn't been exactly been playing bad these last two games. They've been they just been making very few but very fatal errors and decision making and i think this suns team is still very capable of figuring this out i think monty williams like i said before he's the better coach than coach b coach b doesn't know what to do at times he at times i don't i quite like does coach b even know how to coach so i i just i just think the suns have it in them like we've seen they've been dogging it out all postseason long i think i just think they can do it one last time they're essentially capable of it well, they have to do it two more times. Yeah, two more times. Right. Excuse me. You're good. You're good. And lastly, on the flip side here then, so we talked about what the Suns need to do. Well, what do the Bucks need to do to win one more game? Just, I mean, there's essentially there's nothing wrong in the current game plan right now. Um, obviously, uh, Chris Middleton needs to stay consistent. Drew Holiday needs, essentially what needs to happen is the Bucks need to just continue playing the way they are and mm-hmm. just hope Phoenix doesn't, you know, figure it out. And Giannis onto the coop. I think he's the biggest factor going into game six. He's just got it. He has to get his body ready. He has to get his body ready the best he can and take advantage of the home crowd. Use your home crowd to your side. Yeah, I would agree with everything you said about the Bucks because, you know, Giannis only took one three pointer and he missed. He went 14 of 23 for 32 points. So I think he needs to do him. And Middleton has to pick up in clutch time, right? In crunch time, give the ball to Middleton, move out of the way. Yeah, Giannis, you're a two-time MVP. You're all this. You're all-world talent. It's not your time. It's Middleton's time. And Drew Holiday, he just needs to have this, not even this game, but like half of this game for the Bucks to succeed. And on the flip side for the Suns, I don't, 
personally, I, you know, I guess the only thing I could kind of think about is having Chris Paul become more of a factor earlier in the game because he is, he is the engine that makes the car run. And, you know, when, even though he was there, if he's not fully in control of the engine, the car sputters. And that yep. just, and we saw that this game, we saw that last game, we saw that in game three. And when he's in control in games one and two, the Suns won. So I think it, Chris Paul is now the X factor. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But yeah, any, any last thoughts on this series before we head on to the uh, quick hitters? Just got to say, I think the Suns um, find a way to figure this out. I, I trust their, 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 this, this Suns team is a high basketball IQ team. I, I just think they're going to figure it out in time. So uh, Suns, they're going to win the next two games. Um, they're going to win in dramatic fashion, uh, fashion and um, Suns in seven, baby. Suns in seven. Say it into existence. <laughs> Suns in seven. Hashtag Suns in seven. Suns in seven. Jarrell, I know he's out in the world doing stuff right now, but I'm pretty sure he has sons in seven too. Dylan has Bucks in six. I have Bucks in seven. So some of one of the four of us is gonna be right. And I hope it's gonna be me, because you know, ego. But anyways, speaking of things that should be or shouldn't be right. So that you know, thank you for compiling these two uh, quick hitters here, Daniel. Um, but yeah, Damian Lillard said that he doesn't want to request a trade out of Portland, but he's conflicted on the situation. Now, one of the quotes that he said to to Chris Haynes of Yahoo, which I found very interesting, was that, just to, just to paraphrase it, he said, if you look at this roster and you tell me, oh, this is a championship roster, all we need to do is change the coach, that's something that he personally doesn't agree with. But, I mean, you know, Lillard is one of those really loyal guys. And I think that they have to do right by Lillard because so much has gone on. So many wrong things have gone on since, you know, they let go of Terry Stotts, since they got bounced in the first round, right, by the, by the Nuggets? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean speculation has run amok over the last few days on social media insanity because the war apparently the warriors maps heat celtics and even the lakers are are discussed as potential landing spots for him and i sent this to the group chat to you guys if the warriors trade wiggins wiseman seven and 14 seven and 14 picks technically that could make a dame lord swap happen now i don't know if that's Pretty sure it's not going to happen, but really quick thoughts on this whole Damian Lillard situation. I kind of mentioned a bold prediction, you know, a few episodes back, but I will say um, this as of right now, um, it's too early to start making um, more concrete predictions of what's going to happen, but this is not going away. Um, the fact that like Lillard kind of, yeah, he denied it, but he didn't flat out deny it. Like He's looking at his options, right? Yeah, he's looking at his options. That means he's discussed it a couple times, probably behind the scenes. Yeah. So all I'm going to say is this is not going away, and I'm predicting right now. I know I kind of said I'm not putting concrete predictions, but this is going to be a big story going into the next few months into the offseason. Yeah, and I think if I am wrong, 
someone please correct me, but I think free agency starts on August 6th, which is like three or four weeks away, which is very, very close, all things considered. But yeah, that could happen. That could definitely happen. He could be moved and would be like, ooh, movers and shakers, man. But speaking of things that aren't necessarily movers or shakers, last thing here, Space Jam, a new legacy came out this past Friday. And have you seen it? No. Okay. Not yet. Well, currently the the film holds a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. Take that as you will, because Rotten Tomatoes is usually an aggregation of different, you know, review sites. And the consensus is, while it's not a quality Oscar film, according to you, when you wrote these notes, it's, uh, it's basically an advertisement for Warner Brothers. And you know what? I would agree. Some people found it really entertaining because, you know, it is meant for five year olds. But I mean, I don't I've seen I saw the movie. It took me two days to get through. It's two hours long. It's two hours. It's about 30 minutes longer than it should be. But it's a if you take it for what it is, a a movie made for five year olds, you don't pay attention to the plot. You don't pay attention to the to the dialogue and you just focus on the product without paying attention to the 35 pieces of Warner Brothers IP being thrown at your face every 30 seconds, I think you'll enjoy it. For me personally, that's not my forte. That's not my thing. So I didn't necessarily like it. But yeah, if you get the chance to watch it next time, the next pod, please let us know your thoughts, Daniel, because it'll be very interesting. Um, I'm not expecting much at all. Um, It's a turn off your brain type of flick it, it, it seems yeah isn't that the same thing you mentioned when sydney was on the podcast and we first discussed uh the fact that space jam was coming out like it was just kind of like those movies where you don't expect it to be good you just expect it to be like one of those movies where you can like you said turn off your brain i just don't want to hate it just okay. don't make me hate you okay that's what I'm, all i'm asking did you like the first one uh i haven't even seen the first one i don't feel like i need to okay do yourself a favor watch the first one and then watch the second one just just you know just for just for the sake of having a good basis to go on okay because it'll it'll really help okay but speaking of things that will really help don't forget to subscribe to the shooting bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice it really helps us out Lastly, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter, at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram, and at The Shooting Bricks Podcast on YouTube for all the news and the video of this episode of The Shooting Bricks Podcast. And as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. Hashtag Sunsin7. You heard me here, Dylan. Hashtag Sunsin7. I'm going to say into existence. And I'm Daniel Hwen. <clears throat> Obviously, your boy, Rayleigh Rail Rail Sales, isn't here. We'll see you in the next episode. But just like him, we'll see everyone else next time.